Well, welcome into another episode of Small Town Faith Talks, and today our episode is going to be uh, a little different. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna just interview uh, the co-host here, and so today we're going to talk about Walter. Want to hear some of his story? Yeah, and looking forward to it. Give the audience a chance to get to know you a little better. Thank and hear you. Some interesting parts of your story. So right, uh, let's jump into it. All right. So let's start off with, uh, well, well, how did you, how did you get to North Zolch? You're not originally mm-hmm. from here, obviously, but how'd you get to this area? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story because, um, you know, going back before I was aware of North Zolch, uh, before I was uh, even born, um, Paul and uh, Janet Eaton, uh, pastor and his wife, uh, were called here and. Um, I forgot to look up the dates. Um, I'm thinking like 60s, 60s, 70s, um, and they had four kids, and um, one of them was uh, it is uh, Paula Eaton, and then uh, she met uh, Charles Smith, okay. who was a local boy here. Yeah, yeah, and they ended up getting married, and. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of North Zolch people know who I'm talking about. He uh, coached here at the school, coached bas- basketball. And um, and then uh, when they had kids, uh, they had five kids themselves and uh, had, had moved away from North Zolch, uh, were, uh, ended up in Willis, and uh, their youngest, Jana, okay. uh, she went to Mary Harden Baylor for college. Uh and that's where I happened to be, uh, incoming as well. And we met during uh, orientation, uh, really hit it off, and uh, became friends, and uh, ended up uh, falling in love and getting married. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, after that, uh, I guess I kind of heard about Norzolt here and there, and right, had, had the never. Years. Oh yeah, I had visited here once, not not the church, but the area. But yes, what, how we uh, ultimately ended up uh, at this church is uh, after Jen and I were married and I was uh, working as a uh, worship leader in Montgomery right. at Honey Baptist Church. Um, our church was kind of shrinking as the, um, the community just, there wasn't many people coming and um, another church that was growing, uh, we merged with them and, okay. and became Hope Community Church, uh, which they already had a music minister. And so I was looking for uh, a new place to serve as, as that role. Um, you know, put my stuff into the uh, SBTC site and uh, was just looking at different churches that were looking mm-hmm. for worship leaders and uh, happened upon FBC North Zulch and... Um, and I thought, hey, that rings a bell. You know, I'd say, heard, you, heard a little that's bit. That's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I got to talking with uh, Chip Palmer, the pastor at that time, and the uh, personnel committee, and got to come in, in view of a call, and, and they voted me in. And so uh, that's been about, uh, let's see, is right kind of on the tail end of the pandemic when, when we came here. Okay. So uh, we actually moved into our house in January of... 
2021. Okay. So, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, you have you have deep roots here. That's I mean, right, yeah. by way of marriage, mm-hmm, obviously. Right. But uh, that's such a cool overlapping story. Part mm-hmm. of your story, obviously. Uh, you know, your uh, mother-in-law mm-hmm. being from here, actually growing up in the parsonage. Yes, like where, where, where I'm currently exactly, living. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, your fa- your father-in-law also mm-hmm. being from the area, also yep. pastoring mm-hmm. locally in the area over a period of time. Right. And then now you guys are back in the area. So yeah. it's just kind of crazy how that's connected. But <laughs> yeah. um, so you've been here, uh, I guess, about three years, th- two and a half, three right. years, mm-hmm. and uh, just serving as worship pastor and mm-hmm. your family's doing well and yeah. plugged in. And right. um, just if, you, if you're listening, you know, we've really started to make a lot of changes in our worship band and mm-hmm. your family, your daughters specifically, right. are really coming along in that process and playing drums and playing, playing bass. And yeah. it's been a neat thing to see kind of your family blossom in that way right. um, over the last few months. And so looking forward to that. Thank you. But uh, I, I want to go into part of your story. Obviously, that's kind of how you got to North Zolch, mm-hmm. kind of in a nutshell. Right. But there's an interesting part. I want you to go back and even talk about some of your ministry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your ministry workings through the years. Sure. I know you guys have been kind of all over the place. Right. And uh, so you got you and Jenna met at Mary Harden Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to school and all that, and you get married. Yeah. And what happens after that? Like, how do you guys start? What is your starting to serve the Lord look like? Yes. So um, before we were even engaged and we were just, you know, kind of discussing that possibility, Mm -hmm. um, we both knew that we had a heart for ministry in in some way. And we were open to, you know, even foreign missions. And um, we were part of this this church plant in Belton uh, called... uh, Antioch, which had come out of a, a mother church in Waco, All right. and their model is to you know plant these churches all over, um, and then each church plant sends a team to plant a church somewhere else. And um, they uh, they had a team in the Belton Church exploring going to Portland, Oregon, and uh, starting a church there. So like. Jason and Ashley Kennedy and uh, Billy and Teresa C and uh, Daniel and Leslie Roby, uh, some some of our good friends that were in that um, that team uh, had had been visiting Portland and right. kind of scoping out, and um, they were just you know seeing how artistic it was over there, and and of course uh, you know you might have have seen like the bumper stickers keep Austin weird. Well, they have keep Portland weird. <laughs> uh, and you might not know it by looking at me now, but um, both me and Jana, we, we liked being weird at okay. college. Yeah. And, um, and, and so that they were kind of, uh, the, the team was kind of thinking, Hey, th- this might be uh, something that you guys would want to, you know, come and church plant with us. Cause they, they knew from, from getting to know us that we were interested in that. we, we kind of took that information in and, and we're praying about it and uh, we're kind of at a crossword, crossroads in deciding, you know, at, at that point we had gotten married and um, we we're just thinking about the future and mm-hmm. uh, we were working at a, a children's hospital at that time just as um, uh, kind of orderlies. Okay. Um, we call them, they call us mental health associates, but um, we weren't like locked into a career at that point. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 
the the um, opportunity really was exciting, and um, during a mission trip with the the Belton Church, we went down to Juarez, Mexico, okay. um, and we were worshiping together there and just praying and, and seeking God, you know, because mm-hmm. um, when it's you're a big decision. exactly yeah, you, I mean, you don't want to just do that on a whim, pick up and move and and. It was really cool because we were open. You know, if, if he wanted us to go, we'd go. If, right. if not, we'd stay. And I just, I felt like it, during a time we were just kind of listening to the worship band and, and just kind of meditating, praying. And, and I just felt like, I, I felt God prompted me to look up at the ceiling for some reason. Hmm. Interesting. And you might be familiar with, you know, where you got fluorescent lights, but then it's got kind of this textured covering uh, translucent uh, thing, uh, and and this place also they had put purple um, like butcher paper over those to just give a little different color uh, filter on there, and just for some reason uh, that was making me think of Portland. Okay, um, kind of like I was thinking of fish scales and uh, and then the purple kind of think making me think of uh, the gay community right. that's that's there. Um, which we already, Jana and me already had a heart for them too. And, um, and I was like, okay, I think, I think we're going, you know? And, uh, and, and she, uh, she was in agreement with me on that. And, um, and so we, we told the team, you know, we're coming and on our, uh, first wedding anniversary, we, we flew out there and didn't really have a, a job set up or anything, but, um, our friends let us stay with them for a little while mm-hmm. while we looked, and um, uh, Janet got a job at a at a uh, apartment building, and I got a job at Starbucks at first. And but um, you know their their um, church planting plan um, was at first just to meet in homes uh, as small groups called they call life groups, right. uh, kind of like uh, the Sunday school groups that we have, and a little bit more. Um, relaxed and mm-hmm. meet in the evening uh, and during the week, have a meal together, worship and and do a Bible study. And then on Sundays they, they would get together and worship. And sometimes they'd, they'd rent a, a a room at the college in, in downtown there, um, PSU. Um, sometimes we would find a place outside, even at the park. If it was good weather, we we do a Sunday morning church outside. That was wow. cool. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people would uh, we would get connected with a lot of people, a lot of street people um, that that we would meet, and then college kids. So it was a, it was a really interesting mix in, in that church. No, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and even just thinking about that, uh, the dynamic of having church in remote places that's so foreign. I think so many times, especially to right. the ministry mind, because. We identify it as a as a place, as a building, as a location where we come and we gather. But mm-hmm. what you're saying is, it could be on campus, it could be in the park, yeah. it could be in a home, right? And and I think there's such value in understanding that the church is not a building; it's a mm-hmm. people. That's true. Yeah. And no matter where we go, when we assemble, we are the church. We're mm-hmm. coming together. And, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just thought about for me personally. I just went back to COVID in that moment because mm. thinking about when the church. Uh, well, the church I was serving at, at the time, we, we, it shut down. We yeah. shut down for 10 weeks. We didn't have church in person for 10 weeks. And 
that was a challenging time. But the the whole thing is we went to the online church format. We were doing stuff on YouTube and all that yeah. kind of stuff, recording uh, in an empty in an empty auditorium, which was strange in of itself. But but realizing that the church did not actually stop just because the doors closed. Right. However, I remember very vividly for me that first Sunday back in the building, mm-hmm. the momentum and the, the energy in the place. And so I do think while the church is not a building, I always think about the, the fact that the building sure does make a difference when sure. we come together. Right. But I love hearing, especially in your story with Portland, mm-hmm. the the uh, the flexibility mm-hmm. that that church plant model provided and how then that was able to give other opportunities along the way. So yeah. I'm sure as you guys would have church in the park, what did that look like? I mean, what kind of encounters did you have as you yeah. had church in a public <laughs> space like that? Right. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting because um, obviously, you know, we weren't just, you know, enclosed. So is public you know, for anyone who was walking by and we had a sound system set up so we could hear each other. And, and, you know, sometimes there would be distractions of, you know, somebody who maybe had a mental health issue, uh, that was yelling or, or something like that. But it was never anything that we felt like, um, we were in danger or, or anything like that. And a lot of times we were able to, to pray for people that, that maybe wouldn't have walked into, into a, mm-hmm. a building to, check a church out. And I think that it was nice, uh, you know, when, when the weather was nice to, to do it outside. And then, um, and then we were, when we were able to have, uh, a warm place, especially during the winter, um, that was a good ministry opportunity for, for those people who, who didn't have a house, you know, yeah. that's so neat. I mean, yeah. just thinking about the, once again, the church mindset so many times is we we're here, we open our doors and you come to us Mm -hmm. to the, you know, to the outside community, but y'all were essentially going to them and meeting in, in their space Mm -hmm. and, and having service and all that. So I'm sure there was all kinds of probably some challenges along the way, but like you said, the opportunities sounds like they, they outweighed the challenges by far giving Mm -hmm. you opportunities to meet people, pray for them, engage with them and ultimately spread the gospel yeah. through those those services. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, that's really, uh, really neat. You know, and I, I want to just go back to one other thing you said a minute ago about the whole feeling the call of the Lord mm-hmm. on the mission trip mm-hmm. in Mexico yeah. and, and God using something as subtle as the light right. that you looked up at. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny because I'm, I relate to that so much and how... Sometimes we want God to reveal himself in these big, booming, mm. audacious ways. But oftentimes, and I've found this true, it's just, it's the subtle things. Yeah. It's the small moments. Still and it's small like, voice. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Are you paying attention? Mm-hmm. Are you focused? And and giving you that assurance to, to say, hey, no, this is actually what we're going to do. So mm-hmm. you guys accepted the call. You go. You're there. You're doing church. You're out in the public and having this, all these uh different, you know, remote church locations and different things. Um, how long did you guys actually stay there though? Um, it was about four years. Okay. Four years. Yeah. So like, uh, 2006 to 2010, I think is when we came back. Okay. Um, and at that point the economy was just, uh, weird and, and we, we had never done the, done the thing where like missionaries will, will, um, get people to support them financially. You know, we were just, you know, supporting ourselves through, um, working. And, um, by that time we had two daughters. So Jana was at home and, 
and I wasn't able to find new jobs um, when when the current ones were over. So um, we were just praying about that and, and really feeling like we'd love to stay, but you know, um, it it just wasn't possible at that time. So our, uh, our families in Texas were were so supportive of us and they, they, um, helped us when, when we moved back Mm -hmm. to Texas and, Mm -hmm. and stayed with my parents for a while, stayed with her parents for a while until we found work. Uh, down here again. I know that's that's not probably wasn't an easy decision right. either because you guys, like you said earlier, I mean, you mentioned, you even mentioned some names and some friends and mm-hmm. some people that you went with and connected, you know, yeah. in, on that planting journey, right? Um, and you know, when you go in and you plant roots like that, and you're developing deep core friendships, mm-hmm. that call to then relocate out of that is challenging. Yes, it's hard, it was heartbreaking, um, but. Um, that uh, yeah, one other factor in, in us moving back was um, um, our son Jethro was um, we we were expecting him mm-hmm. at that point, and we we're like have another baby and no job. <laughs> it, that's that's hard. Yeah, um, and uh, so he he's our our first true Texas child there that you was go. born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for me, I wasn't born, I always say I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as quick as I could. Right, um, yeah. And so I guess Jet can say he was born in Texas. Mm-hmm. Your daughters were not, but they got here as quick exactly, as they could. Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> nah, that's neat. But but uh, I know you, you've you told some different things of, of just some crazy scenarios. I'm sure, you know, you, like I said, you kind of go from a familiar community in Texas, mm-hmm. a, a culture, mm-hmm. a lifestyle, um, but you go to... Uh, Portland with this mindset of it's different, it's strange, it's weird. Yeah. But there are people there who need the gospel just That's like right. there are here. Now mm-hmm. I spent some time in Austin actually this past weekend <laughs> and it is weird. Yeah. Um, but it's still Texas. There's right. still some familiarity mm-hmm. with where we are and you know, proximity and all that. But as you guys went to a a true, I would say, you know, distant, not foreign, but a distant location that mm-hmm. was not really common to you right were there any challenges or hurdles along the way Mm -hmm. or even new things that you were exposed to that kind of stretched you in your faith or your life right maybe had changed you in that moment definitely um it's it's really interesting when you go to a place you know in a totally different region of the country where um you know if you if you say you're a christian that's kind of offensive to a lot of people mm-hmm. um they they assume that that you're going to be maybe aggressive with your faith and and judge them and, and things like that and um so so we ended up usually saying hey uh, i follow jesus okay. and you know that yeah a little bit different and um i think a lot of people can appreciate jesus even if they're if they've got a kind of a jaded past with encountering hostile Christians, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Jesus has that effect on people to, to show them love, you know? Right. And, um, I think a lot of times, even myself, you know, we, we kind of give, uh, the false picture of, of, uh, being a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. but, but anyways, um, you know, there's that, uh, kind of hurdle and, um, you know, a lot, like I mentioned, there's a, a lot of gay people up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, as far as when we went, uh, one statistic was it was uh, the lesbian capital of the world, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, 
obviously we know that's that's a sinful lifestyle but you know at the same time you know we we want to love people and and uh, show them Jesus and uh another th- another kind of shocking factor of over there was uh it had like the most uh, strip clubs per capita okay um which was um awkward you know but you know Jana she really felt moved to uh witness to those um uh, strippers and um love on them and and um just just show them Jesus love um uh you know cuz you know he he was always um willing to sit down and eat with the sinners you know yeah, absolutely. Um, the the people who who knew they didn't have it all together you know but um yeah i, I just had to you know as like the the husband and protector you know i, I was always pretty nervous but I had to just you know put it in god's hands mm-hmm. he he's the one who who put this idea in her heart and this love in her heart and he's the one who's going to protect her uh even if if uh yeah, I don't want to go in there and, and you know, kind of compromise um, my walker or, or whatever. Uh, and yeah, just let let go and let God, as mm-hmm. you say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was great. You know, they they we we didn't really see a lot of of them, you know, come to church from that or anything. But um, that's a seed planted. You know, absolutely. Yeah, you just do um, what God's calling you to do. And he takes care of the next steps along the way with other people or other events that in that person's life. And, um, but yeah, uh, uh, street people that I don't really encounter them that much, you know, out in the country. And, um, we, we'd see them all over and, and so many different, um, stories that they had with usually, uh, some kind of drug addiction or, or mental health problems Mm -hmm. that, uh, kind of led them to being stuck, um, homeless and, and, uh, or unhoused as we're saying these mm-hmm. days. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, but, you know, still seeing even, you know, after they've been through all that, the ones that would come to church and, um, really worship with us and, and, um, had this cool guy named Robert that, that, uh, was in our life group and, um, he was just kind of, uh, brain fried, you know, from, mm-hmm. from his drug days, but, yeah. um, but you could, you could still communicate with him and, and he had such a beautiful heart and loved the Lord. And we, we do these, um, art nights, uh, with wor- worshiping through like coloring and painting mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And, yeah. and he'd always have these, these crazy, um, pictures he'd come up with, but, but then he'd, he'd explain, you know, this the angels and the babies and, you know, all, all kinds of different things. But, you know, sometimes it would really touch your heart, you know, and, right. and, uh, he's like, you know, this one is for you. And, um, <laughs> one night we were, uh, had our window open cause, um, in Portland, sometimes you don't have an air conditioner, you know, just with right. the good, the good, good weather that, that they're, that they have. And, um, we we're just, um, hanging out me and Jenna in our apartment and we heard this, acoustic guitar in the parking lot and we looked out and there was robert yes he, he said I, i'm gonna serenade y'all he, he was singing some songs it was so, so awesome. cool um but yeah we we made some some uh cool friends out there and um but yeah it's it definitely different right well and i just think man coming back to it like i love what you said at the very beginning even in the terminology you know sometimes and even in the south and 
Texas, there's this mindset, well, everybody's Christian. Well, right. every, yeah. and everybody knows God, or everybody right. grew up this way or grew mm-hmm. up that way, but like we have almost, we can almost use that word or that phrase so often that we kind of cheapen it so many mm-hmm. times. But I love what you said. I'm a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There was this familiarity with this guy named Jesus who people seem to have some kind of receptivity towards. And it would, like you said, maybe just kind of soften the moment yeah. or, or give a little bit more of comfort. Mm-hmm. And, and then like what you said about, well, this is how Jesus would have modeled his life. He yeah. would have shown love. He would have gone to the places where the the religious wouldn't hang out right. or look down on him. Mm-hmm. We see that time and time again in the scriptures where the Pharisees are snubbing their nose at mm-hmm. Jesus. Why are you associating with these people? And Jesus is always clear about his mission that he came for the sinners. He yeah. came for those who need him, who were far from him. But he always showed love and mm-hmm. compassion and grace and you know, I just think back, you know, you're talking about the different communities, the different, uh, the homeless population, the, the homosexual population, all those different things. At the end of the day, those are just people yeah. who are made in the image of God, right. who um, for one reason or another have chosen different lifestyles mm-hmm. or maybe have landed in those lifestyles, yeah. but they're still people that need Jesus. Sure. And I love the fact that y'all would approach that from that mindset of, Let's meet them right where they are. And that's mm-hmm. a that's a big um, value, I think, that we need to continue to press into today, mm-hmm. especially with our culture, our society, where everybody is very quick to draw lines and say, pick a side of the line. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to quickly divide over certain things. I see that time and time again, but we need to be more often known for the things that we are for than what we are against. And we are for Jesus and we are for loving people and showing grace and showing kindness, but also meeting them right where they are, just like Jesus would have done. Right. It wasn't about, Hey guys, you know what, ladies fix your lifestyle first and Mm -hmm. then come to the Mm -hmm. church. I love that. Jana was like, I'm going in. Yeah. I'm going into the hard places to minister and to care and to, to show love, you know, and whether or not there was a direct, you know, manifestation in the moment mm-hmm. of the result of, of that. There was, like I said, there were seeds planted. So man, yeah. what a, what a, what a powerful, powerful picture. And just an encouragement that is to us, mm-hmm. even as we're here in North Sulch in Brazos Valley, you know, in this area in, in Madison County, like we can be a light, we can be an influence. We can yeah. show people the love of Jesus mm-hmm. every single day. Right. And it's not always about us necessarily going to the the difficult places and going to the far remote places, you know, we can do that right here. Mm -hmm. So I love that picture. Uh, I just love that. So how has that um, ministry experience translated maybe into things that you've learned today? Um, Have you carried any of that? I mean, was there things that maybe were planted in Mm -hmm. y'all in Portland that, you know, four years, spending four years there, that's a pretty significant amount of time in that location. But now as you've come back to Texas, you've been here, you've served in various roles at different churches, mm-hmm. are there things still that you can see that was kind of something that was maybe birthed there, mm-hmm. something you learned there, you took from that moment of your life? I know for me that's true in different right. ministry stops, mm-hmm. but just curious for you. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, something that that is kind of fresh on my mind right now is the um, kind of the, the lineage of um, worship leaders. So when I, I've always loved, you know, singing at church, you know, whether it's just uh, in the congregation and the choir growing up. 
And then when we we're part of Antioch and um, when we, we moved to Portland, Daniel was our uh, worship leader and he was just so humble and, and he just set the, the right example um, leading worship and he played guitar and, you know, sing and um, just so passionate. You know, you could tell that that that's, his heart was in worshipful um, a, a worshipful place, you know, when he was singing, uh, wasn't just, um, performing obviously. And he came out of, of that, that church in Waco where, um, a guy named James Mark Gully is, uh, was at least at that time th- their worship leader and, and would write song, new songs and, um, very, very good at, uh, leading a, a big, big congregation there. And th- there's a song that he wrote, um, I don't want to get this wrong, but I, I believe that um, one of his brothers uh, had not started following Jesus at the time, but him and his other brothers were trying to uh, win him over, mm-hmm. um, and they, they wrote this song called Ransom that, that we sing on Sunday, Yeah, and I, I do believe that that really helped show show that other brother their heart and, and, right. and, and God's heart for him, and, um, and, and that he, he ended up... Uh, knowing the Lord after that, but yeah, just just the the passion that 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 I would witness in, in James Mark and then Daniel um, really inspired me to um, worship in that way of uh, just you know maybe playing guitar and, and singing with with a group of people, whether it's in a, a living room or or in a sanctuary or out in a park or, or wherever. Um, I, I just am thankful for for their example yeah. in that. Which you know, you could get that through through any kind of church, any any kind of uh, place. But as far as you know, the the kind of the Portland journey mm-hmm. uh, that st- things that have stuck with us, um, I think you know, um, seeing how people were surviving out there on very little, mm-hmm. um, whether it was um, street people or um, our church staff that were um, depending on God and, and yeah. the, you know, they had uh, supporters who would uh, mail them money and, and things like that. But it's never a guarantee, obviously mm-hmm. um, just they live on living on faith and making ends meet. Um, however it could, you know yeah. um, I think that, that, that living through faith uh, has really helped me and Jana through our different um, times of um, plenty and and less than plenty and mm-hmm. um, between jobs or having jobs and uh, making things work like that and um, showing that to our kids like you know we we don't have to have all the best things and yeah uh, but we are rich in love you know that's right well for y'all to pick up and and move obviously no children at that time but to go up to Portland mm-hmm. kind of I mean, not that you didn't have a game plan, right. but you didn't have like this big structured, mm-hmm. like here's the financial plan and all that, but you went more on faith yeah. knowing that God, number one, has called us, mm-hmm. and then number two, he'll provide. That's right. And seeing him meet that need, whether it's through Starbucks <laughs> or through you know an apartment complex mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, those things that God puts in your path. And I think that also translates today, obviously, to a call into ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, you know, you're 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 living a life of faith. You're placing 
all of that on the faith of the church and the mm-hmm. body of Christ and, you know, and all of that, but also just knowing that we don't always get into this for the money, you know, right. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but God provides. That's God right. shows up and God proves time and time again that he will take care of his kids and he will, he will meet our needs, mm-hmm. you know. And it is that constant living of faith, I think, so many times that um, we, we can just, we want to try to figure it always out for ourselves, and, mm-hmm. but also know that, man, God owns cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. He'll provide. He'll That's take right. care. And if you're doing what he's asked you to do, he's not, you're not going to go without. Like mm-hmm. you said, you might not always have everything you want or desire or right. hope for, but you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. And so that is a, that's a great mindset, um, just that we can always remember no matter what it is we're doing for the Lord. So Hashtag blessed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but now to live that out for your children. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm a product of that. And my dad was a pastor, is a pastor. And growing up, seeing that modeled out in front of me, I mean, the same is true for you, for Jana. Mm-hmm. I mean, just seeing generation after generation of God's faithfulness in a family system mm-hmm. goes a long way. But now that we're kind of in the position of, living that out for our children, I think that's even much more powerful. Yeah. And just a, it, it's kind of a, a unique shift, mm-hmm. if you will. So Yeah, and, um, you know, I had mentioned Janice's parents, of course, but I, I can't um, forget to, to give a shout-out to my parents, uh, Bob Hobbins and Georgia Looper Hobbins, that um, they had raised us boys, uh, me and my two brothers in the church. Uh, Dad was a pastor, and uh, Mom was a pastor's wife and and that that term could mean a lot of different things but but she was uh, just a servant of the church mm-hmm. and helped out in so many different ways and um really uh was a awesome stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for us and they i think they they really modeled that um, proverb about you know raise up a child in the way he should go and and when he is old he will not stray from it yeah um i think that uh, they, they really put that to heart and, and, and raised us in the way we should go. And, and I don't think we'll ever forget that and um, and definitely appreciate them. Yeah, that's awesome. No, it's so good. And, and just thinking about the family legacy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times growing up, and I'm sure you, you got this too, but when you tell people you're a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. there's all the assumptions and all the perceptions of what that looks like. But uh, it, it was a challenging space to, mm-hmm. to grow up in, but mm-hmm. also thankful for God's grace through it all yes. and for parents, like like you said, that just cared for us and showed us the way. Right. So love that. Love that you got to mention that. And mm-hmm. um, anything else you want to hit on before we wrap up? Oh, yes. Um, when uh, just going back to between Portland and here, uh, you know, I mentioned serving at Honey Baptist Church, was which was a great time of our lives. I was that was the first uh, worship ministry job I had, and um, it was a beautiful congregation. It was small but loving, mm-hmm. and uh, our kids were pretty much the only children of the church, so okay. they got they got a lot of attention and yeah. um, kind of like having extra grandparents. But uh, previous to that, we were attending in, in the Willis Church where uh, Charles was pastor at the time. The uh, worship leader with him was uh, Vance Whitmore and, and he could really tell I was um, interested in, in being part of the worship team. And, okay. and he is really uh, was encouraging to invite me up to sing with them. And then um, if he had to be out on a Sunday, he would ask me to lead. And, uh, and that was uh, a wonderful experience building time um, 
a big, big congregation at that time and definitely uh, was not incremental. Uh, what's the word? Uh, instrumental? Instrumental. Shouldn't I know that word as a musician? <laughs> uh, that was definitely instrumental in um, giving me the confidence to to seek out, you know, leading worship at, at uh, another church. And I appreciate um, his, um, you know, just encouragement and, and uh, helped me kind of navigate that. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Walter. I mean, this has been a great conversation and I know, I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface here, but mm-hmm. it helps us know you a little bit more. And I wanted to give the the listeners a chance to hear a little bit more of, of your story mm-hmm. and, and, and where, you know, where you've come from and what you've been a part of. But uh, we want to just encourage you to continue to share the podcast if possible, mm-hmm. if you've been enjoying it. We hope you've enjoyed the, the conversation so far. I know we've, we've thoroughly enjoyed every guest we've had so far and we've got plans to continue to have others on the show here in the the coming days ahead and um love the conversations love the 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 depth of getting to know people on a different on a different level and so uh, but just continue to share it uh, you can always access it through apple podcasts uh, you can find us through our church website fbc and z um, and then feel free to like share that with others and just invite them to listen along the journey as well and you can always uh send us an email if you have questions or if you would like to recommend a guest uh, get somebody else on the show or maybe there's a certain topic you'd love to hear more about maybe we can dive into uh, fbcnzpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you so and as i always say if you're in the area you're looking for a church man we'd love to have you come visit us this weekend uh and worship with us we we gather each and every sunday at 11 a.m for worship we'd love to have you join us and uh love to meet you look forward to meeting you then so yeah until next time though we hope you guys take care have a great week god bless thanks for listening